0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe podcast network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I discuss the NFL draft. The big trade for Orlando Brown uh, but first Joe I wanted to talk about how my uh, brother was actually going through his old bedroom and discovered two foot two autographed football cards uh, that you had given him I guess it's that pen connection maybe or something um, so very cool to see I and I'll post these on uh, social media so people can look at them but what of Joe you had the, there was a card by Bowman you signed. You had a big shiner, a big black eye.
1: What, what was going on? Well, there's a, lot, there's a lot to unpack here, Jeff, with these cards. So, yeah, the, um, yeah. the, the fact that Brian, you know, had those cards was, was really cool. Um, that, just, that means so much to me that he saved those all these years. Um, I, we did, they did have a pen connection in there because one of the cards did say Go Quakers. <laughs> and it was, it was the one where I was dressed in my college uniform. And that's the segue into the black eye. Um, so what happened was, um, the, we got, we broke camp and came back to Philadelphia. We used to go to training camp in New Jersey when I was in college, we would go to a, to a school in New Jersey, uh, called the Lawrenceville school. And we would use their facilities for our preseason camp, which was really, you know, it was really cool as a college kid to get off campus and, to you know, go away and stay in dorms and, you know, we had access to a pool and all this stuff. So the day or two before two before we were about to break camp, we were coming back to philly and for media day and media day was also the day that we did our team pictures and our individual photos right and our headshots for the program and whatnot and i had got we had gotten into it there was a huge brawl uh right before uh practice was about to end and it just it was the end of camp tensions were high we had been together for you know two straight weeks eating every meal again so we um things got a little heated and, and there was an all out brawl between the offense and the defense. And it started up front with the offensive and defensive line. And my helmet came off and, and I took a helmet to the eye and like someone like, not, not like um, someone swung it at me, but we, we were just in the scuffle. We just, ha- I just head butted somebody with my, you know, or they headbutted butted. I don't know how my helmet came off. I think somebody grabbed it, ripped it off, but yeah. So, I so in my Bowman 1991 rookie card, I have a black eye and it's my college uh it was my college uh program picture so like anytime you know we'd go play somebody else that was the picture that was in that was the picture that was in the programs you know that we you know the teams we played so it's kind of funny couldn't
0: uh get the pr guys or the coaches to push back photo day just just a few days just, just to get a few for days, video. Few days.
1: You know, I could go back to my CNBC uh, K- K- nine days and think, you know, when I was wearing makeup, right, as a TV anchor, <laughs> I could, no one, no one back then had makeup, no one had Photoshop, right, nobody's touching pictures up. So yeah, so here I was, you know, black guy and all, and it ended up on a football card, which is kind of funny.
0: So funny, Joe, that's a great story. Um, and again, I'm going to post, I'm posting these on social media at Believe Podcasts uh, at at Joe's Twitter page. And also at my Twitter page, if you want to, they're, they're great to see the old school uh, shots of uh, Joe. And we're obviously going to talk Orlando Brown NFL draft here. But first, a word from our sponsor. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the NFL draft on Thursday. Bet Online has covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Joe, a big trade took place last week. We were all thinking, um, you know, oh, the Chiefs might target an offensive tackle in the first round. But we should have known the Chiefs are, especially Brett Veach, always aggressive. I mean, since 2017, uh, really the only first-round pick – well. They had Mahomes, obviously, in that draft. But then since then, edwards Eler was the only uh, first-round pick because they keep trading, traded uh, one pick that helped net Packer-Mahomes. That was a pretty good trade, I think, and then another trade to help uh, land Frank Clark. So another big trade. They traded with the Ravens uh, for their tackle, Orlando Brown. Joe, what do you think of this move?
1: You know how I feel about offensive line and and the Chiefs building that offensive line. And you know the fans have got to be excited about what they've done to protect Patrick Mahomes. Uh, You know, they just keep getting better and better up front. And uh, I'm not taking anything away from Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher, any of the linemen combinations they've had in the past. But, you know, we do have to admit they're making the best of this situation, right? Given, Given the fact that, you know, they had the two big tackles get hurt We really struggled in the Super Bowl with depth. We struggled with putting people in positions they weren't used to playing. And I think, you know, you can't control that stuff. You just can't. You can't control when players are going to get hurt and the freaky things that happen uh, with injuries. But they're doing everything right as it relates to protecting Patrick Mahomes, their biggest asset. And when you look back on any games that they seem to have struggled last year, especially the Super Bowl against the Bucs, it was – up front on the offensive line. So, you got to give Brett Beach and Andy huge kudos for making this happen this offseason. I I know we have had a lot of talk about it. You know, what I like about it Joe um
0: is that you know, you, you don't totally know at 31 who you're going to get. I think they had it's a good tackle draft. They had some good options, but I mean Orlando Brown is is very likely going to be Better than anyone. They, I mean, you hope to get a starter. You really cross your fingers. Maybe as a Pro Bowler, Orlando Brown has been a dependable starter and a Pro Bowler. I mean, that's got to be better you get uh, than you get with uh, at thirty-one. Another interesting point is the Chiefs did give up a lot of picks in this draft. They're, they only have, uh, you know, six picks I believe in the draft now uh, that they're left with. Um, but this is a good draft to actually have sacrificed some picks. I think, you know, again, it's harder to evaluate these guys. There's a lot of guys who opted out. The guys who did play, played fewer games. So I, I actually think that's smart. If you, if there's a draft that you wanted your picks from, I, I think that's, that's another part that people
1: aren't talking about here. Jeff, that is a huge point. I've I got to be honest. I never really thought of it that way. And you you bring up a great point that – You know, this draft may not be the one where you're going to find, you know, the next Will Shields in the third round or, you know, you're going to find Tim Grunhardt in the second round. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think this could be that draft that they could take a breather on. And and given the fact that, you know, we know how short to medium term the NFL is these days. Right. The Chiefs right now today have all the tools and all of the pieces to win another Super Bowl. But he stays healthy. Why not take advantage of it and go out and get the best you can in the free agent market, build around what you have and secure a team that has been to, you know, let's call it, I know they've been to two Super Bowls, but let's call it, they've been to three straight AFC championships. Okay. And, you know, come on like that. That's where they need to focus right now is right bu- now continuing we'll to build on the, build the core like of this team. Perfect. They moved away from, the whole run it back mentality, right? Where they they knew that they were going to need to replace some pieces, but they've done all those pieces in the right spots. I, I, I give, you know, I give the chiefs, uh, I'm starting to move that grade up, you know, for this team to, to an A to A minus for this off season. And, and, you know, they'd have to rank at least in the top top 10 to 15% of NFL teams that have made really, really great moves this off season
0: and to my point of the, of the draft being a little bit more scattershot this year just not not only have the players uh not play as many games and have opted out um but also the scouts it's just been harder to evaluate there's been no combine the scouts haven't been traveling to games as much or certainly not the you know the practices and uh so again uh just tougher to evaluate uh one point I want to make though that you know some people have been talking about why why did the ravens who are are one of the closest contenders for I guess AFC supremacy. Do the, the Chiefs? I actually do think it's a good trade for the Ravens. I I I think it's a good trade for the Chiefs too. But I don't um, I don't think this is like you know back in the '90s when um, the Niners traded Charles Haley to the Cowboys and that kind of was the the final piece to their 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 puzzle. Uh, I think for the Ravens it makes sense that they have a great tackle Ronnie Stanley on the left side they just um signed last year to this and is now the second most uh lucrative contract in all of, uh football among offensive linemen and uh Brown's in the last year's deal they knew they couldn't pay him they have a lot of big contracts coming up they have to pay lamar jackson uh, in particular uh so they've got to save up money Is that brown is the last year of deal if they just play out the season they would get just a compensatory pick which is something but here they got another first round pick and a boatload of of picks Uh, so I actually think it and also it sounds like the Ravens have a deal to get uh, the Steelers tackle uh, Villanueva who's a a good player so I I think they've got their bases covered I actually think it's a good I think it's kind of a win-win trade
1: very mutually beneficial for both teams based on all the things you've just said we knew the chiefs needed to shore up the tackle spot you know the ravens have a whole host of things that they're trying to deal with like every team is right dealing with a smaller cap you know dealing with constraints based on other big free agents they're going to have you know being having the money to pay and already being relatively solid on the o-line i mean i think I think you're right. I think this was very mutually beneficial. I think it was a win-win. And I just give, you know, hats off to Brett Beach for finding these things, right? For, you, you know, you know that they just spend days and days scouring depth charts and how 31 other teams are dealing with their cap and their draft picks. Like, I just, I just, I, I'm just really excited about, about the way that Brett Beach has handled um, you know, this thing. I mean, yes, is it going to make for a boring Thursday night draft, you know, for the <laughs> Chiefs? Yes. But you know what? That's all going to go away when, you know, the Chiefs are, keep our fingers crossed, 4-0 going into October and they have a team that looks like they're going to get back to the Super Bowl. People will forget about a boring Thursday night draft or, you know, a boring, a boring weekend uh, of draft. So, I you know, I, I think the Chiefs fans are going to have to look past that and just start to get excited about how they put this team together for the season, um, for this season, and kind of maybe put the medium to long term aside for a while, and what they might actually be able to get in the draft.
0: Joe, it's always fun to talk linemen with you because you obviously know so much about the techniques and uh, the skill set required for this position. Brown's huge; he's huge. six eight, three three fifty five. I think he's listed at. Yeah, what, yeah. what is your take yeah. of not only just his size, but what have you seen from him? How just kind of give us your lineman take of, of what he what the Chiefs are getting as a player. Uh,
1: here, here's the craziest thing, right? He's six foot eight. He's three three hundred. He's a biscuit away from some big weight, right? I mean, he's big, right? He's three fifty plus. Let's let's put it that. I don't know what their his program weight is going to look like, but my gosh, I got to be honest. I think he still has room to improve, and he's Pro Bowler, right? So. What does that tell you right? I mean he he still has so much to work with and to grow mature into this body uh, that he has he, and, and here's the one of the best testaments I can say about a guy who's six eight three hundred and fifty plus pounds he doesn't look it he looks if you see him from a distance, he looks like he's you know he looks like he's six foot two two hundred and 45 pounds, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he just, he has one of those bodies that is just, you, you just took a normal body and you projected it and made it bigger. It wasn't like, you, you know, they, they pack this, this muscle and, and meat onto his frame and makes him look overstuffed. You know what I mean? Like you see some Lyman that look like that. He looks like a normal human being. You know what I mean? At like six, mm-hmm. eight, 350 plus pounds, he looks normal which is to me that says a lot about a, about a player because you know you start getting into when you get players that are this big they start to look abnormal right because they're just so big he he doesn't, he doesn't. and 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 I and I think that's going to really translate and I know they you know got, let's let's put all the old combine stuff aside let's attack that you know that elephant in the room you know I know he did not have a great combine but you know what combines don't make great players i've seen players have fantastic combines and come out of there looking like, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're going to light the world on fire. And then they're busts in the NFL. So, you know, it, 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 let's just put that aside and look at the way that he plays on the field. He's got, ten, he's tenacious, he's athletic. And I still think the guy has room, a lot of room to improve. And he's already a pro bowl caliber player. So I I, I think it was a fantastic pick. I, I love his technique He's solid. He's got great feet, long arms. You know, he's, I think he's going to be a great fit at left tackle.
0: You mentioned that combine uh, in 2018 and, you know, he was an all American at Oklahoma might've even been a first round pick. If it wasn't for that disastrous combine Um, uh, he benched 225 pounds, just 14 times. He ran the 40 in five, eight, five, which is geez, the second worst time among tackles. The millennium, like Joe, that's one of those things you always hear people. Oh, I could do this or whatever. I'm pretty confident, even in my 40s here, I could run a 5.85. <laughs> I'm like, I'd probably pull my hamstring after the 40, but I think I could get a 5.85 even, even as a, an old sports rider here.
1: Yeah, I mean it's. But you know what? Last last time I saw a, a a lineman running a forty yard dash, they were either chasing a running back down the field who was about to score, or they were going after an interception. So, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, you want your you want your lineman to be athletic and you want him to have good speed in case you got to get downfield to make a block. But let's let's be truly honest. You know, offensive linemen, their world operates in what I call the closet. You know, it's a it's a seven by you know seven by three, by yard, three yard zone that zone they have that to operate in. So let's put let's put the twenty yard and the and the forty yard dash aside, and let's look at the way that a player handles themselves in that box. And you know, when you got the the, the likes of Frank Clark coming at you as a, as a tackle um you know and you mentioned charles haley type players you got those guys coming at you i could care less if he ran a seven second 40 you can can clock him on a calendar when he runs the 40 yard dash i could care less because if you can handle yourself in that box you're all set
0: totally great way to put that in perspective uh joe you know he's the son of orlando brown who's a pretty good player with the ravens uh browns you know kind of infamously he was a very good player but he's kind of infamously remembered for when he got a flag thrown uh in a in his eye and, and was a was a bad injury because because of that anyhow did you um did did you know him at all just as a fellow tackle did you also just play in any games against the browns and the ravens uh that orlando brown senior played
1: let's touch on that that whole you know thing that happened with his um you know with his eye i mean you know that that was just that was insane, right? I mean, you know, the freak accident that the guy catches, uh, you know, catches catches that that thing in the eye, and you know, unfortunately, you know, obviously passed away way too soon, right? I mean, um, you know, we lost we lost Orlando in two thousand and eleven, um, and you know, that was that was a really that was a really sad loss. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we were we were obviously in in the league at the same time, and I remember you know, remember him, you know, coming out, you know, uh, and getting, you know, dressed by the Browns. And then he obviously was part of that whole shift, you know, to the Ravens. Right. And, um, you know, and then goes back to Cleveland and goes back to Baltimore. Right. He has a, you know, like in weird, yeah, like different cities and back and forth. And, you know, he had a, uh, you know, a very, a very interesting, a very interesting career, but that whole eye injury was, was really, you know, was really, uh, strange. And he, you know, he did win a, a pretty big lawsuit, uh, against the NFL of, of you know, kind of like a, a liability claim, you know, against, uh, because of, um, because of the flag that hit him in the eye. So he, he struggled with health problems and, you know, he, they said he, you know, the reports where he, he died of like a, a diabetic ketoacidosis, which is, you know, common among, among diabetics, um, you know, who don't, you know, can't really get their thing under control. So just, you know, just, Crazy had all those ailments and things. It's a really unique story. And I don't, not many people have really been, to be honest, they haven't really been, they haven't really been working on that part, that side of the story, Jeff, as much. So I'm glad we're talking about it because, you know, if you, if you're a Chiefs fan, you you should really go back and look at that whole, you know, that Orlando Brown Jr. and senior story, uh, you know, how this all kind of, kind of played out. And the fact that, you know, his son played for the Ravens, and now he's coming to the Chiefs. It's a lot, a lot of strange connections. Did you know his his dad at all? I, I you know, I didn't really get to know him um, at all because, you know, he, he came into the league in, in 93. Um, you know, you know I don't, I'm trying to remember trying if we remember. played Cleveland. Um, but, you know, so he would have come out with, like, Will Shields. So he'd have been more in, like, the Will Shields uh, class. Um and, and so I didn't really, you know, and a lot of times you don't get to know, believe it or not, which is very strange. You don't actually get to know the offensive lineman as much as you do the defensive lineman. Yeah. Like I, 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 know, I know more defensive linemen that I played against than I do, than I do offensive linemen line that, line that, line that I played that in I a do. game with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like somebody like Orlando Brown or, or someone like that. Um, but, you know, like Nolan Harrison is somebody who, who played for the Raiders that, you know, we've kept a, a, a friendship over the years of, you know, communicating. He works for the, the National Football Players uh, Retired Association. You know, he's, he's with the NFLPA and the retired players. So, you know, it's funny, but I remember, you know, Nolan, I remember each other from when we went against each other. It's kind of like, you know, just you don't really get to know the guys on the same side of the ball, which is so strange.
0: One one last that, – that's interesting, Joe. It makes sense, but that's interesting. One last point here before we move on to the NFL draft stuff. Uh, so we both like the move a lot for the Chiefs uh, with a caveat. Uh, I'm assuming they wouldn't have made this pick in, unless they had a plan to resign them long term. And geez, the Chiefs have so many big salaries. I really don't know how they're going to do it. And Joe Tooney has a top ten salary for – among all – Limen. He's the second highest paid guard after the uh Washington football team uh signed Braven Sheriff. Um that's a so they're they're gonna have to pay uh Brown, you know, probably uh nearly $20 mil, between 50 to 20 million a, a year, and have two guys on the offensive line making that much uh a guard and tackle. That's I don't know how the Chiefs are gonna swing it, but it seems like they always somehow massage the cap. Um, but that is Something that that bears watching. If this is a one-year deal, I, well, I think we both don't like it as much. But we're we're assuming they figure something out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean b- maybe like Sean Culkin, every they start using Bitcoin. I don't know. Maybe that's the way they get around. Because <laughs> you know we were talking about that before we started recording, right? And you know, there's something that uh, you know, bet online should start to think about, right? The people betting on Bitcoin making making a you know a big play. Uh, maybe that's the next big thing. You know, players start getting paid in other things other than dollars, Uh, you know, American dollar, U S dollar. So lots of, lots of things Brett Beach is going to have to think about over the course of the, of the next uh, couple of years. But Jeff, again, you know how the NFL is, man. It's almost like a day to day business at this point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's about winning today, winning the next day and just kind of taking it day by day, season by season. And, Brett Beach seems, Brett to, have Beach seems to have a pretty good formula for the last three years about how to deal with either keeping everybody or starting to make changes. And mm-hmm. you know, they probably got a lot of smart people who who know Microsoft Excel and you know all those great software programs that can uh, you know make this money work. I think I think they got a good crew doing that.
0: Some have theorized that it might be you know Frank Clark is makes a lot of money. He's obviously a a very good player, but makes a ton of money for defense. And had a little bit of an off year. His first year, he struggled a bit. He had injuries, but then really came on. Was so key in the in the playoffs and Super Bowl. Um, and then his last year, he had a little bit of a down year. He's a guy to watch. He makes a lot of money. He might be due for a restructure, or he could be he could be a guy that's that's moving on.
1: But yeah, I mean, yeah this is yeah, Jeff. Yeah. This is going to be a test year, right? I mean, this is going to be a year where. You know the Chiefs are going to be. There's going to be a lot of people on on the on the stage, and uh, you know it's going to be. I mean, I hate to I hate to use a term as harsh as this, but it's going to be a put up or shut up year, mm-hmm. you know, for some players. And if and if they don't, if they don't start earning the money that they're, you know, kind of have down coming down the path, then you know the Chiefs are going to have to make some talent decisions, and then maybe they turn to the draft next year to to make some replacements or find out who you know you get another steal like an Orlando Brown for one year you know what i mean like they're they're just doing a great job of of moving that money down the field and, and kicking that can down the road and staying within you know within the cap constraints so you know i you're right i i i think this is a year that there's going to be a lot of people on that big stage and a big spotlight on some players and, players and they're not getting they're the not marginal getting increase articles. you know here i'll i'll pull out some old uh, economics degree uh you know terms. If they're not getting the marginal increase and the marginal benefit out of the cost of some of these players, then Brett, Beach, and Andy are going to have to make some tough decisions about how to get somebody where they can get more marginal. You know benefit out of you know the increase in benefit out of out of the players that they bring on.
0: Uh, great points there, Joe. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see now as we move on uh, to the NFL draft. Here, the Chiefs now have. No first round picks, but two second round picks. In that round, I really look for them. Uh it's a it's a pretty good wide receiver draft. It has some good depth through the top hundred. I I expect them to use one of their picks on receiver. You know, Anthony Schwartz, who uh Dame Brugler of the Athletic told me was like a third round guy. He's this guy, I mean, he he's he's like four two five. He actually might be faster than Tyreek Hill, that he uh is a bona fide just just a athletic freak, a speed freak. Uh, Joe, though, I was curious if the, last year you really nailed it. I asked if there was one player you really liked, and you said Tristan Werfs and there might not have been uh, a more valuable rookie, unfortunately, for the Chiefs, because he did a great job against Dawson in the Super Bowl, and, and Tom Brady really didn't feel any pressure. Is there a guy that you've seen that you really like, maybe not even a guy, especially with the Chiefs not having a first-round pick now, uh, but the, that you really like in this draft might maybe the next Tristan works in your eyes.
1: Who man. Um, you know, God, there's so many, you know, especially, well, I know, I know there's, I know there's not a lot of players that we can really look at in the first round. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because what, why, you know, I, I think, you know, look, I haven't done the analysis, but I, I think most of the gurus get, let's call it 80 to 85% of the first round. Right. You know what I mean? There's always gonna be there's always gonna be a player that that slips, you know, um, you know, that slips down um, you know, into the second round that should have been a first rounder. Um, you know, I, I think I mean I, I'm excited to see what another North Dakota State player does in Trey Lance. Like right? I think that's an interesting one that fans, you know, should keep their eyes on. Um, you know, the obviously the SEC is is very uh you know, very dominant right now you know, if there was a, a linebacker that, and I don't know if, if uh, Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame is going to slip, Um you know, I don't know if he'll slip, but I think he's still going to be a pretty solid first round. Most, most of the gurus have him, um you know, most, most, most of the gurus have him going somewhere towards the bottom third of, of the first round, but he's one of those, like, what I would call like hybrid remember, remember you and I were talking about those hybrid um, Um, defenders that, that, that really fit into the chiefs mold. Well, he's, he's, he can still make the tackles downhill against the run. And, and, you know, he's, he's super aggressive. He needs, he needs to have some discipline. um, But he's, he's one of those like, you know, hybrids that he, he can cover. He probably, you know, he's, he can, you know, he's a guy that could cover a Travis Kelsey or, you know, I think Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama coming off that knee injury could be somebody who maybe he drops into the second round. Um, I don't know if the chiefs would go from, I just love, I just, I love, I love, I love him. I can't, I can't not, you can't not want to talk about Landon Dickerson if you're an offensive lineman. Um, he's a mauler, right? I mean, he's, he's huge too. He's six, six, he's 333 pounds at center, which is crazy, right? Most of your centers are generally a little shorter. Um, You know, I just—it's just—it's really, uh, really interesting to see. I mean, um, you know, who's gonna, who's gonna drop in into the second round? I mean, um, Sam Cosme is is out of Texas as a tackle that could, you know, could be a solid second rounder. um, If we're thinking about the Chiefs, if they wanted to continue to to go for offensive line, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be somewhere on defense, either you know, at at safety. Um, or or up front, you know, defensive end. I think that's because I think those are some pis- positions they could get somebody who could mature into a into a starting role by the time the season's halfway over.
0: And we certainly a linebacker we've talked about is another um, need. Uh, back to the if they do go re- receiver, man, talking about Legion of Zoom. I mentioned Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, but uh, to give you an idea of this guy's speed, he was um, the 2018 Gatorade National Boys Track and Field. Athlete of the Year, and he set a world youth record by running at 10.15 in the 100-meter dash. I mean, this guy, uh, that was at the 2017 Florida Relay. So that gives you a sense of how fast this guy is. Uh, Joe, another prospect, I I know he, with the Chiefs training out of the first round, he's definitely not going to be there. But you have a, a kind of a unique connection, know a little bit more about Tevin Jenkins, uh, a Topeka guy who's a lineman at Oklahoma State. You, you mentioned that in the previous pod, but tell tell listeners uh, a little bit more about him and how you how you know of him.
1: Yeah, my my good friend that was the uh, defensive assistant at Oklahoma State uh, for the last several years. I coached him in high school. Uh, literally one of my favorite players I've ever. I have a lot of favorite. All my all the players I had an opportunity to coach were awesome, but he definitely fit the mold as as one of my favorites. Um, I used to joke with my wife a lot about some of the people that I've coached and some of the, you know, like the young men I had been around, um, you know, in in my coaching days. And, and I would always say, oh, he, that kid right there, he's a Thanksgiving table kid. And she would say, what does that mean? I'd say, well, it means that if he were sitting at my Thanksgiving table while I was cutting and carving the Turkey. And I looked up at you know, and, and my daughters, and 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 I'd say he's a kid I would want at my Thanksgiving table. <laughs> so I had I had a little barometer for uh, for it. But but this was Shane Eiches was his name, and um, he's just he's just a just a fantastic kid. He he had told me about. It. He had texted me, and had called me about Tevin Jenkins. Kevin. He's like Coach, Coach, this kid is for real. Like he he is he is he is um, he's a mauler. Um, and, and he's a lock, he's a lock on, you know, pass protector. When he locks on, he is, he is going to, he is going to lock on, um, based on that, because I think people are going to see him a little bit as a mauler, but he just, you know, uh, Shane, Shane, who was, who was the gentleman I coached, he, he just, he just loves him. He thought he was going to be a mainstay in the NFL for, for many years, just based on his personality and the type of kid that he is.
0: That's a great intel. So we've learned about Jenkins, Landon, Dickerson. Joe, is there anyone else in the draft, whether it's even, you know, again, somebody that that will be long gone before the Chiefs pick or a quarterback? Any any other uh, uh, prospect you, you really love or any other draft thoughts here?
1: I think somebody who we didn't get to see enough of, Um, you know, being close, obviously proximity and growing up in Pennsylvania, I've always, you know, always kept my eye on Penn state, right. I mean, every, every kid who grows up in Pennsylvania, you know, wants to wanted to play, you know, at Penn state and, and get put the, put, put the knit line uniform on. Um, So, you know, I've always, I've always followed Penn state and uh, I I, I like Jason Owey. I I think, um, I think he's, he's, well, he's, runs a four three six, right? So and he's six five, he's two fifty seven. That's a that's a that's amazing speed coming off the edge. Um and and that's I think what he's gonna need to make that transition to the NFL. I don't think he's gonna be a first round defensive end. So he's somebody that could slip in into the second round that maybe the Chiefs, you know, have their um have their, uh, have their eye on now. Here's another kid with a lot of potential and you got to look at that, Jeff, you got to look at potential, right? I mean, he only began playing football when he was a junior in high school. Um, and you know, you get with an NFL defensive line coach or a linebackers coach at six five, two fifty seven, five257 with that kind of speed, you know, and he's got the toughness. He's, 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 um, he, he's not, he's not somebody who's just a, a prima donna pass rusher. And I, I, th- I think he's got unbelievable potential Right? I, I always joke with the people that I work with I said if you had if you were if you were the, a track coach and you had to select only one person for your 100 yard dash uh, to, to represent your school in a 100 yard dash and there was a kid who ran you know both 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 kids ran you know let's call it a uh, you know a 10 second 100 yard dash right And if they both ran a 10-second 100-yard dash and one kid ran it with perfect form and the other one ran it with the worst form you've ever seen, who would you want to have on your your team? team. To me, I want the kid who had horrible form because if he can run a 10-second 100-yard dash versus a 100-yard dash against somebody who has perfect form, imagine how much you could work with that kid and make them run a better 100-yard dash, right? So I I always like telling that little allegory, that little story about potential. And, and and I think I think you got to look at some of the potential in the draft. You know, it's 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 great to go with the proven player who's a consensus All American, you know, Outland Trophy, you know, nominee, all that kind of stuff. But you know, sometimes you got to look at the potential when you're looking at, at, at the draft and, and what the NFL and I and I think Jason is one of them um, from Penn State. I think he's got all the potential in the world.
0: And, and he's really interesting, Joe. Like you mentioned, his measurables and ability just freakish and then he had also zero sacks last year which is just nuts how a guy so you know that's a guy maybe he's a little bit more of a project and you know it and, and just takes a little time for those abilities but um yeah whoever it'll be interesting to see in this day and age when these prospects uh hit the NFL when they have their rookie draft cards now that they might be NFTs they might be non-fungible tokens or the top shot cards right Purchased probably by Bitcoin by Sean Colkin, but I wonder if, however these uh, cards come out, if they will have any black eyes or if they if they, if they you know, avoided any of the fights before picture day, hopefully.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, and the other thing is, Jeff, God, you know, I had a lot, my hair was a lot darker. Uh, <laughs> my neck was a bit, my neck was a bit thicker and my arms were definitely bigger uh, in, in those football cards. And it's been 30 years, you know, so this would be 30 years since I was drafted. drafted. Um uh, I've you know, come you know, 1991 to 2021, you know, 30, 30 years to, to almost to the day which is crazy to think about that it's been that long uh, since, you know, since that unbelievable day. It, it was magical, Jeff. It was, it was a day like no other. I was with my, I was with my family. Uh, Jen was there. Um, we were engaged at the time. Um, and, you know, I was looking at the future, you know, of a kid who I'd only been on a plane one time uh, or a couple of times by that point. Cause you know, I'd been to the East West game and flew out to the combine Um, you know, so, you know, I'd only been on a plane a couple of times and I didn't know where I was going. You know, here was a kid. I I had never been outside of a couple hundred mile radius of, of long car trips outside of my hometown of Philly. And, you know, here I was, you know, I I could have had the opportunity to go to Seattle or California or Florida or something and, and to live. And, um, it was it was a magical day 30 years ago. It's 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 hard to believe. And I have a really good friend I work with who's who's a huge football fan. Um, he played at the University of Delaware, and uh, we actually graduated high school together. 50th pick is picked during the draft. Whenever Roger Goodell makes the announcement, he always texts me at that exact moment, and he will say with the 50th pick the blah 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 take, and and he sends it to me every every. I mean, this has been going on now for we've worked together now since um since about 2007 so every year since 2007 he, you know so we're going on this will be our 14th year of of getting that text from my buddy Brett uh which is really cool and and it always makes my day on draft day
0: that is very cool joe and it's so cool that it's been uh this is the 30th anniversary very impressive very very cool stuff William, you enjoyed the show, which is presented by Bet Online. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe.